Welcome to the Small Baller Podcast. My name is Trevor Reddick, and as always, I'm joined by a man who loves tacos almost as much as I do, Brandon Siegel. How you doing? I'm doing so well. Look, tacos are, they've been moving up the ladder on my favorite foods. They're so universal. You can make so many things with a taco. Um, I just, I mean, we were talking about this yesterday because you asked what to get for dinner, and I was like, get tacos, and you were like, oh, of course. Got tacos. I'm sure they slapped, right, Trevor? Oh, they yes, they did. I I was watching, obviously, watching the NCAA tournament, eating my tacos. I mean, it's just like, you know, you can't ask for much more. Tacos, sitting on the couch, yeah. watching basketball. That seems like a perfect night. Yeah. That seems like a perfect night. Watching college basketball, uh, eating a little bit of tacos. What, what type of tacos do we get? We get You get some steak? So I got um, I got three different ones. I got a steak one, a chicken one, and the El Pastor, which is like pork, which is probably my favorite, to be honest. Okay, interesting, very interesting. Um, and then after we talk about tacos, uh, of course, the third member of our podcast here is Ben O'Brien. Ben, you had a hot take about tacos. You said they were kind of mid. I just, I mean, they're they're fine. Like they're not. I, I I just like they're never a food that I'm craving. I'm never craving a taco. Like I'll eat them, and I'm usually happy to eat them. If you can get like a steak taco, it's great. But um, I'm just not like I'm not. I don't love Mexican food enough to where I'm ever like craving it like a lot. Um, it's just kind of like whatever. I'll eat it, but I'm not like. I'm never feeling super great about it. It's so interesting because I'm the polar opposite. I think I crave tacos 24-7. Like, I'm I'm not kidding. There's some form of a taco, whether it's a breakfast taco, steak taco, chicken taco. It doesn't matter. I'm craving it at some point in time. But look, this isn't a taco podcast uh, as much as I would love it to be. This is a sports podcast, and we got plenty of sports to discuss today. Obviously, we've had the amazing March Madness tournament. I feel like this year's been so fun to watch, too, so we'll get into that in a little bit. But first, we're going to spin off in a little bit of small talk. Talk about Aaron Rodgers. Um, I, Trevor, I know you just love talking about Aaron Rodgers, and, you know, we got to start today. News came out. He went on Pat McAfee's podcast, his personal uh, PR team, it seems like. Talked about how he wants to go play for the New York Jets. Um, and just like the bonehead he is, this, to me, doesn't make any sense because now that gives the Packers a ton of leverage since he basically... Name the only team he'd go to. So Jets fans think that Aaron Rodgers is coming. The Jets have basically, they've tweeted stuff implying that he's coming. So they kind of have to make the trade now or they'd look like, you know, real goobers. Um, And uh, so now the price obviously is going to go up for Aaron Rodgers from the Packers because that's where he's got to go. Trevor, I know you love talking about Aaron Rodgers. What did you think about this this news we, we got on Pat McAfee's show? Yeah, I mean, it's just like wild and, and sort of unprecedented in a way and how he just goes on. I mean, it, all of the Aaron Rodgers news we get now comes from the Pat McAfee show. It's not, you know, it's not from uh, like an Adam Schefter like most other news is. Um, it's it's from Pat McAfee. It's from the show. So it's it's really interesting. Um, I normally don't listen to the pod the podcast when he's on, but I, I try to at least look at the clips when I when I see him, the big clips. And it was kind of crazy because, number one, he basically said he wanted to go to the Jets, but he also had this entire wish list. He was, like, basically saying um, a list of players that he wanted, and one of those players he wanted on the Jets, the Jets actually went out and got, and Alan Lazard, um, about five days ago, the Jets reached a deal with, uh, you know, Alan Lazard, who obviously was with the Packers for quite a few years playing alongside Rodgers, so... It's super crazy to me. I mean, I don't have any... It's just great entertainment to me. I don't care. I mean, well, I guess I do care because I'm a Patriots fan. And if he goes to the Jets, the Jets are going to be really good. And the Patriots are probably going to be last in the division. Whatever. It's I, I shouldn't think about that right now. Um, but entertainment-wise, this was incredible. 
And I'm just waiting for it to be announced. I know that the negotiations are supposed to be um, very complicated. As you mentioned, Brandon, uh, the Packers have a lot of leverage now. So it's going to be really interesting to see how the Jets are able to put together a deal. I, you know, I kind of read that they don't really want to give up their first round pick for this deal. So how how are they going to come to a deal? They might have to. I, I don't know if they will, but it's going to be really interesting to see how it all comes to materialize because it seems evident that he's going to be in a New York Jets uniform next year. I mean, at this point, I would be very shocked if he wasn't just because of everything that's happened, but we still have to get through the negotiations and we still have to figure out what the deal is actually going to be. Yeah, I'm interested to see what the competition is going to be. Um, it's definitely a weird situation. Ben, any final thoughts on Aaron Rodgers here before we move along? I, It's just like, I don't know if I can... This The AFC is ridiculous. It, it makes me so mad. Like, if Aaron Rodgers goes to the AFC, who's the best quarterback in the NFC? Is it is it Dak Prescott? Like, are we kidding ourselves here? Like, I'm just so annoyed. And you, both it's going to be a stacked be quarterback conference. I know. it's It was the already AFC. stacked, though. And now you have Tom Brady, retired, Aaron Rodgers out of the NFC, like it's just it's it's so annoying the imbalance of quarterbacks between the AFC and the NFC. And the only reason I'm saying that is because I'm a fan of a team in the AFC. If I was a fan of the NFC, I think it was the greatest thing ever. Um, but it's just it's just annoying. It bothers me, and that's that's the only thing I have to say other than the fact that I feel like we do this every year with Aaron Rodgers, and honestly, I'm just over it, and I don't really care anymore. Yeah, Ben, you know what's worse than having a team in the AFC? Uh, you know, worrying about quarterbacks is having a team in the AFC worrying about quarterbacks, and your quarterback's not even on the team, so. You got it good over there. I don't want to hear any complaining. But look, Aaron Rodgers is a goofy dude. Uh, we'll see what happens. Maybe he goes to the Jets. Uh, to be honest, Trevor, I think the Patriots are going to finish in last regardless if Aaron Rodgers goes to the Jets or not because uh, the Patriots just aren't that good. Um, but let's let's move along here. Get on over to the NBA. Um, obviously, college basketball has kind of taken the, uh, the spotlight for a little bit, but the NBA is wrapping up their season. I think we got like three more weeks of the season, maybe a little bit less, right around three weeks. Um, Trevor, what, what are the kind of the major the headlines uh, that you want to talk about? Yeah, so today I, I wanted to start off just really two, two main topics for today with the NBA. I wanted to talk about the Warriors today because the Warriors are now uh, back at 500. They are 36-36. and 36. They sit uh, as the seven seed currently in the West. They're a half game back from Dallas in sixth, uh, and they're a game up on Minnesota, Oklahoma City, and Utah who are all very close behind them. So the Golden State Warriors are in an interesting situation here. Um, their home record is actually 29-7, and whereas their away record is 7-29, and so complete opposite. Um, it, it's it's such a wild stat that their home record can be that good, and then their you know road record is the complete opposite. Uh, very bad, obviously. They've lost three in a row now. Um, you know, and Steph Curry's playing, he's back, he's playing very well. He had 50 points in the game against the Clippers the other night in a game that they lost on the road. Uh, he was really good, but the Warriors are still missing Andrew Wiggins, which is a big part of the championship team last year. The reasons on why he's out are still remain clear. Um, everything we've been told is that it's a personal matter. Um, there's really no definite timetable on when Andrew Wiggins will be coming back. Uh, we also know that Gary Payton is still um, not back yet. I think still dealing with um, you know an injury there. So the Warriors are in a situation right now where you know Steph Curry's playing still. I think maybe you can argue the best he's ever played. Um, you know, between like that last year in the playoffs and then this year in the regular season, he's putting up incredible numbers. But the team around him has gotten worse compared to last year. And until they get Andrew Wiggins back and they can get healthy, 
Um, it, it's going to be, I, I think it's really tough to see a path for them. So I'm, I'm kind of wondering and asking myself the question of like, do the Warriors just not have it this year? You know, I think sometimes there's unfortunate circumstances that a team can go through in the NBA season that are kind of out of your control. It could be injuries. Uh, it can be, you know, personal matters. It, it can be any any number of things. It could be Jordan Poole having a really, uh, you know, outstanding season last year and then kind of coming back down to earth this season, which he hasn't been nearly as good. All these things, I mean, you have an aging Draymond Green. Like, the, the list can go on of things that aren't really working in the Warriors' favor. Also, you could point out, like, all these young players that the Warriors had invested in. James Wiseman, who now has been traded to the Pistons. Uh, Moses Moody, who has, hasn't really been as great as, I think, uh, people expected his development. Jonathan Kaminga, another guy they drafted in the lottery a couple years ago. I think this, uh, the young players they've had and the development that they hope to have out of these young players hasn't really worked out. And you could even look at, like, some of the other guys they could have drafted. The Kaminga draft, for example, Franz Wagner for the Orlando Magic went a couple picks later. He's playing really well in Orlando. I mean, if you just have yeah. him, I think that would be a better fit with Golden State. So there's a lot of different things um, that is interesting about this Golden State situation. And I don't know. I, I kind of think it's just not their year, to be honest with you, and, unless you can, you're telling me for sure at some point they're going to get Andrew Wiggins back. I mean, I mean, then maybe there's a case, but even then it's it's so tricky because they've been so bad on the road, and at some point it's just like, is it is there just too many factors not going a team's way? Um, but Brandon, I, I wanted to uh, get some of your thoughts on this Warriors situation. What, what do you think about it? Yeah, I mean, it seems like potentially the dynasty is just kind of slowly coming to the end here. You know, and I mean, we've spent, I mean, how long has this dynasty been going on now? Has it been like... You know, eight years roughly. Am I am I correct? They that? they Nine won their years? they won their first championship in twenty fifteen. Twenty fifteen. So yeah, so we're, we're approaching you know eight, year eight here of this dynasty, and you know every, all good things have to come to an end. Uh, some of us the the Warriors aren't such a good thing. Uh, I I know our, our good friend the soccer encyclopedia Josh Baskin, he wouldn't even reference the Warriors. Um, he hates them so much. Uh, but you look at this team. I mean, Steph is great, but Clay is clearly aging. He he's not the same. Um, you know, you look at Draymond, he's aging, he's not the same. This team has just, you know, slowly fallen apart and the development of their other young prospects just hasn't been there. Um, so, I mean, this is kind of the, the start of the end, it seems like. You know, it's not that the Warriors are a terrible team too, Trevor. I mean, they're, they're, they're even right now, they're 500. They're in a playoff spot, play-in spot, I should say. Mm -hmm. um, they're still not a bad team. And obviously, if you have Steph Curry, you've got a chance to win any basketball game. But this isn't, you know, the historical Warriors we've seen over the past seven, eight years at all. Um, so it seems like it's the start to the end of the Golden State Warriors, Trevor. Yeah, I do think if you were going to make a counterpoint to, to my argument that they just kind of don't have it this year, which is, I think ultimately what I believe, although if they get Andrew Wiggins back, it could change. I think the counter argument is that the West is the weaker conference right now. I truly think it is in terms of, um, the, the teams at the top, there's no, I mean, Denver, I do think, is the best team in the West at the moment until we see Kevin Durant come back for Phoenix. I think Denver's the top team. But the East at the top is the, is definitely the stronger conference. I mean, Milwaukee, they, they've been playing like the best team in the league for the past couple months, in my opinion. Uh, the Philadelphia 76ers, who I'm about to talk about, are now on an eight-game winning streak. Uh, they're two games back from Milwaukee. They're playing really well. Um, Boston, although they've kind of fallen a little bit, I still think are... Um, honestly, you can argue those might be the top three teams, honestly, Milwaukee, Philly, and Boston somewhere. And then even you have a team like Cleveland, who's also a really good team who, you know, if they were in the Western conference, they're, they're seated fourth in the East with their record. If they were in the, um, 
if they were in the West, they would be the two seed right now, actually. Cleveland would be. So just interesting, I think, at the top. The East is a little bit better. So that's the one argument you could have for the Warriors in the West. You know, getting to a conference championship might be a little bit easier, especially if, you know, they're a seven seed. They can get Andrew Wiggins back. You're going up against a Memphis or a Sacramento. Who knows? Maybe you can pull an upset in that series. You might be able to. Um, but that's kind of, you know, my thoughts on the Warriors. Um, I wanted to go to Philly quickly as well. The Philadelphia. I was going to say, I see a win eight here. Yeah. Win eight, <laughs> nine and one in their last 10. Yeah, win eight. So they've won five in a row or eight in a row now. Their point differential is up to uh, plus five. Um, so just playing really well. 48 and 22, which is the second best record in the NBA. Now they passed Boston for that two seed. And, you know, it, it's all based around uh, a few different things. Number one, Joel Embiid and his um, incredible play, the MVP case that he's trying to trying to make. I mean, he, you know, he, he really wants that MVP bad. Um, I think more than a lot of other players do. He hasn't gotten yet and he still wants it. Obviously, there's, you know, a lot of heated debates online about who deserves it amongst that top three between Giannis, Joel Embiid, and Nikola Jokic. And Embiid is really making a strong case um, over um, this season now, he's played 57 games, averaging uh, close to 34 points per game on f- about 55% shooting, f- almost 36% from the three-point line, and 10 rebounds and four assists. And even if you just look at, you know, over the month of March, he's a- actually averaging 36 points per game just this month. So that's pretty wild for Joel Embiid. His his efficiency numbers have gone through the roof. He's actually, and this is crazy, I mean, Joel Embiid is a center and he's actually shooting 46% from three in the month of March, which is actually pretty wild. Um, and during that, obviously, win streak, uh, you know, he's been doing this. So he's making a good case. We also know the player he is on defense. But you just add to that, like, James Harden. He's been really good, um, putting up really good numbers. A lot of advanced analytic numbers really like James Harden. I think he's the league leader in assists, I believe. I'm not, I don't have the assist. Uh, leaders in front of me, but I believe he might be the leader at the moment. So he's playing really well. Tobias Harris, you know, he's he's up and down a little bit, but he's pretty solid for them. Maxi, um, you know, doing I think more of the same of what he was doing last season. I think maybe his role is a little bit diminished, but overall this Philly team has been really good, and they're on a roll because their best player is kind of at the peak of uh, you know the, the peak of his powers. Like this is kind of the best Joel Embiid has ever been. So. That's the reason Philly has a shot here to potentially win the East, win the West, West. What am I talking about? Win the East. Win the West. When they're gonna win the East. Win the East. Am I in SpongeBob or something? Uh, I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> um, but yeah, Philly has a chance. I mean, I think Milwaukee's the favorite. Not only the favorite of the East, but I think Milwaukee's the title favorite. But Philly, you know, are are they now a stronger favorite than Boston? I feel like you can at least start talking about it. I know that Boston, a lot of Boston fans don't really like how their team's been playing. They're concerned about Marcus Smart. Um, they're concerned about some of the lineup, uh, you know, decisions Joe Mazzola has made. So it's interesting. And I think as we ramp up toward the playoffs, it's just going to continue to be something to keep a close eye on. But that's kind of, you know, my thoughts on Philly. Um, uh, ben, I guess I'll go to you. Do you have any thoughts on this Philly situation? I mean, are, are you surprised that the Philadelphia 76ers are now on an eight-game winning streak and second in the East. I'm not surprised, no. I mean, again, Joel Embiid's a fantastic player. Um, 
honestly, I'm I'm hoping that they make the the the, the finals and lose because I think that'd be hilarious if you have the 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 Phillies lose the World Series and then the Eagles lose the Super Bowl and then the 76ers lose the finals all in the calendar year. I think that'd be the the funniest thing to ever happen in sports. So um, I'm pulling for it. I'm I'm glad to see them win. I'd, I'd love to see them make the championship and then lose. I think that's that's the ideal situation for me. Ah, uh, yeah, the second placers. <laughs> that would be pretty funny. Trevor, oh, Tre- I have another question about the NBA since I clearly don't follow it at all, especially right now. Um, are the Los Angeles LeBrons going to make the playoffs this year? <laughs> <laughs> um, the Los Angeles LeBrons are now um, in 11th place. They're 34 and 37. Okay. They're in, they've lost two in a row. So not great. What do you great. have to get to? Do you have to get to 10th place for the plan? So they have to get the 10th place to plan. They're only half game back. Okay. Um, I still think they'll make the plan again. We, we kind of talked about this a few weeks ago, and I said, I if they have LeBron, they're fully healthy. I think they'll get in as the 8th seed. I do still believe that. Um, I do still believe they can get in as the 8th seed. But again, it's, it's a, a big if, right? Like counting on the team being fully healthy, it, it's a big ask. So... Again, it's tough, but yeah, they'll they'll be in the plan. Um, but it, okay. it's always a question of health with the Lakers. I think more than literally any team in the NBA. I mean, there's there's other teams that also hinge on health a lot. Um, the Warriors are one of them. The Clippers are another one. The Lakers, more than any other team in the NBA, health. Like, can they be healthy at the same time for you know an extended period of time? And it, we haven't seen it yet, so we'll we'll have to see. Okay. Yep, we'll have to see with them. I would like to mention one more thing about the 76ers. Um, they're statistically the best away team in the NBA, and they also have the second-best record against teams over 500 in the NBA. So definitely a hot streak for the Sixers. Also, Harden is the leading assist leader, Trevor, um, mm-hmm. just to clarify that. Um, but let's keep it moving along because we got a lot to talk about in this subject. Of course, we have the NCAA tournament, March Madness. It has been an absolutely wild ride here. We have seen number one seeds lose. We've seen number two seeds lose. We've seen kind of everyone lose. Um, and it has been so, so fun to watch. So, Trevor, I don't know what game you want to talk or touch on first, uh, but there's a lot to get to. Yeah, I mean, there's a there's a lot to get to. Where do I even get started? Um, we're recording this on Sunday morning, so we have seen all the Saturday games, but we have not seen the Sunday games. So not all the way through the first weekend, but uh, the majority of the way through. Um, where can I start? Well, I think the season kind of started off with a bang. I mean, our first two games were really good. We had Maryland, West Virginia. Uh, my Mountaineers couldn't bring it home, unfortunately. Uh, Maryland won that game 67-65. That was a really ga- good game. And then immediately going on pretty much at the same time, shortly after, Furman, Virginia, uh, which we all picked Furman. Furman did win, and they won it on a pretty wild play. Um, awesome. Virginia had a, I believe it was a two-point lead. They were up 67-65. Uh, and Kihei Clark, he was kind of like trapped in the corner. Uh, he was trying to find someone to pass it to, and he just kind of throws it. He just kind of throws it in the air, tosses it back to about the half-court line. Someone, in, uh, one of the Furman players, intercepts it, passes it to their teammate, and he hits a three with, like I think, like two, two three seconds left in the game, um, and that wins it for Furman. Just a huge, big shot, a big moment. And for Kihei Clark, a guy who... Uh, I believe fifth-year senior. Um, he was on the national championship team for Virginia. He had uh, quite a few big moments that run. One in particular uh, in the Purdue game in the Elite Eight. Um, he had a pass to uh, Diakide, Diakide, who hit the uh, game-winning, or not game-winning shot, game-tying shot 
that I think forced overtime and now making a mistake like this as a senior, it's just kind of wild. And again, the game doesn't hinge on one play. Virginia had many other opportunities to, to kind of close this game, to take a, a bigger lead. I mean, I think with about a minute left, I thought Virginia had it in the bag, to be honest. They were up, I think, four points with like a minute, minute and a half. And I thought Virginia was like, all right, we're, we're locking in crunch time and we're going to, you know, win this by about four or five points. And they didn't, you know, so they, they had many opportunities to do this, but Virginia has been a flawed team for a while now, especially on offense. They, they've had their droughts trying to score the ball and they had one of them in this game. So credit to Furman for the win. And again, I, I mean, I predicted it, so I wasn't too shocked about it, but, um, that, that's, I guess, my first main takeaway. Uh, Brandon, what was your uh, kind of first main takeaway you want to talk about? All right. Um, let's see. That Thursday game, um, obviously the Furman win was really big, but obviously we got also got to talk about Princeton. Princeton beat Arizona 59-55, um, and this game just felt like Princeton controlled it. Arizona really never took over. I was pretty high on Arizona. I was high on Arizona and UCLA going into this tournament. I talked about that on our podcast on Tuesday um, when we went over the whole the whole tournament. And I was really, really, really high on Arizona. And they get first rounded. Uh, it's almost unbelievable. Um, I guess their best player is from the UK. Uh, and he's like barely ever played basketball like in high school. Like he, he like kind of just started playing basketball a couple years ago. And he takes down Arizona. Another thing about Princeton that's interesting, uh, as we've talked about many times, Trevor and I are in a college basketball uh, little like league uh, where you got to take teams from. Basically, every conference team gets teams get taken from. Princeton wasn't even projected to win the conference at the beginning of the year. I think it was Yale. Um, so what an unexpected run from Princeton, uh, you know, in in this year's tournament. And even more unexpected as they continued winning. They beat Missouri yesterday, which obviously we'll get to in a little bit. But Princeton, what a surprise in this tournament, Trevor. Yeah, absolutely. And Princeton, um, you know, I, I have a soft spot for Princeton. I'm, I've been rooting for them because they have two players that I've seen in person play in high school. Actually, we all saw one of their players, uh, Matt Alaco. He's a guard for Princeton. He went to Hilliard Darby High School. Uh, when we Back when we saw Bronny James... Um, down in Columbus in December 2019. Uh, that was obviously the headliner game, the Sierra Canyon St. Vincent St. Mary game, but Hilliard Darby played in one of those first games. So he's on the team. And then in addition, uh, Caden Pierce, who had, I think it was like 14 rebounds yesterday. Um, he's from Illinois. He was on the Illinois state champion team, uh, Glenbard West, um, last year. So credit to him. He's a true freshman out there starting for Princeton. And they're in the Sweet 16, so that's pretty crazy. Um, but Ben, uh, w- what do you kind of want to talk about? What really stood out to you um, on on the opening and opening round? Um, Houston looked terrible, and it, it worried me a lot. They they did not look good against Northern, against Northern Kentucky, um, and because I've been so high on on my Cougs, and I'm still I'm still holding strong, Trevor. I'm still confident, but they did not look great. Now again, they fixed that in the second round, but. Uh, that first round game, Sasser, Sasser got hurt again. He didn't look 100%. Um, I was very, very worried about them after that that first round game. Um, and I, I just, I, I again, I want to make it clear, I'm, I'm still, ri- I'm still riding with the Cougs, but I don't think it's going to be as easy maybe to get to the to the Final Four as I thought that they could possibly, um, or the journey I didn't think was going to be as difficult as maybe it will be, which is stupid to say because it's the tournament and everything, every win is really hard. But um, I was a little worried about that one. Not going to lie. Um, other things from, from that first day on Thursday, 
Um, I don't even remember who else played Friday. Look at that first Friday. round. You can go over. You can go over Friday as well. Okay. Ben. I mean, on Friday, I really thought Drake was going to win, and I, I, I put myself out there on the podcast on Tuesday. I was fighting hard for Drake, and so was Trevor. I think, and mm-hmm. Miami, Miami. Uh, I, I guess they're like kind of good. It's whatever, but they still, they still don't know how to how to storm a court correctly. So I, I, I can't give them any credit in that. But I guess <laughs> they won. Also, Xavier. Almost lost to Kennesaw State, so that's super embarrassing. If you're a recruit listening to this, I would not recommend going there. I would never go to a go to a school that almost loses to. Z- Xavier's State, a really good me. school, though. It's a really good school. They got a good basketball program, much better than most. I actually would go to Xavier's. I wouldn't listen to Ben because uh, he's a little dumb. But uh, real quick, I got to talk about this. I called on the podcast. I called Pittsburgh winning their uh, their first four game, and not only winning their first four game, beating Iowa State. Uh, and they ended up beating Iowa State by 18 points. Um, so I'm giving myself brownie points for that. That is an impressive feat, uh, calling it 11 seed being a 6 seed. Because as Ben, as you said, we, we don't think 11 seeds are ever going to win. Uh, but I called this one, and, and I got to give myself some points for that. Um, and uh, let's see, what other big games? Oh, Trevor, you want to talk about the big one that happened on Friday? Yeah, so if, we, big if we go to Friday, I, I think we got to start with uh, the, the elephant in the room, Farley Dickinson. A 16 seed. This is only the second time it's ever happened. They win 63-58 over Purdue. And here's the thing: like I, I did not, I did not predict. I didn't predict that Farley Dickinson would win. But I, I, I thought about it. I thought about the possibility of it. I didn't think it was wild. And I, and I tweeted it out there yesterday because I thought it was, I thought it was a real possibility. I, I picked Purdue in my bracket. Um, I did have Purdue losing the next round in Memphis. So again, like I've been low on Purdue the whole season. Ben and I both have, um, you know, like it's just, it in March, it's the guards mean the most. You, you win in March with guards and they have two freshman guards that if you look at backcourts and you compare throughout the tournament, there's so many teams, so many other teams that have better, you know, a better guard duo than Purdue has. You can go down the line and look at, all these teams, uh, Kansas, Houston, Alabama, I could go down them all. Like, so many other teams have a better guard duo than Purdue does. And even if you have a seven four, seven foot four dominant big like Zach Eady, and, you know, Eady's been awesome. He had a really good game in, against against Farley Dickinson yesterday. He, I don't think he really deserves any of the blame for the loss. It's it's the guards. It's the coaching. It's, at some point... You know, Zach Eady can't walk up the floor and do everything himself. He needs someone to pass him the ball in the paint. And Farley Dickinson did a really good job on defense, you know, trying to force them to take outside shots. And some of those guards, like, they were not confident. They, You know, you would see them hesitate. They would go to take a three. They would pass the ball after they missed so many times. They were they were kind of scared. And, and you could kind of see it. They were nervous. And Farley Dickinson took full advantage of that, and they got the win. And, and this is just a huge example of what this tournament is and why it's so amazing and why the sport of college basketball is so amazing is, is games like that, you know? Yeah. And it's so crazy that like we have a setup system where fairly Dickinson, which I, I think we, we got a comment about this and this has been talked about a lot. They aren't really supposed to be in the tournament. Mm-hmm. They did not win their conference championship. They lost to Mary Mack and they came in third place in the regular season. Um, they were 21 and or 20 and 15 going into the tournament. Um, they were not a great basketball team at all during the year, and they're very short as well. Where Purdue is the tallest team uh, in college basketball this year, uh, Fairleigh Dickinson being absolute last. Uh, another thing about Fairleigh Dickinson, according to the Ken Palm rating, they were 299. Trevor, so this is like we were talking about. Was this a bigger upset than uh, 
uh, was it U UC U NBC or whatever? <laughs> yes, thank you. I was close enough, and um, I think it was. You know, they, they were the lowest statistically the lowest Ken Palm team to win a game, um, in in the uh, in the tournament ever. Not only were they just the lowest Ken Palm team to win a game, they were the 16 seed beating a one. Um, which is absolutely crazy. Um, but they lost to Merrimack in the conference final, uh, so they really weren't even supposed to be there. Merrimack had the the stupid restriction where you weren't allowed to be in the tournament for five years. Do you guys understand that at all? I don't. I don't get why this is a rule. Why do you have to wait five years to be in the like? Then what? If the conference championship isn't worth anything. Like you know, does that make any sense? Like Ben, do you do you under do you, does that compute in your brain? I, I no, it doesn't make any sense. And again, I don't know if it if the if the reason for that is to try to discourage teams from attempting to jump to Division One like super mm -hmm. often. I have no idea. I don't know yeah. what I don't know what the deal is that. I mean, it's one of those things like you hear about every often because this happens every once in a while where you have like a team that does really well. And it's like oh well, they can't qualify for their for the NCAA tournament. Um, and it kind of just again puts a little like asterisk on. I don't want to say asterisk on the season, but it happened. I mean, it happened last year, right? With with Bellarmine or whatever. Yep. Um, and now it's happened again yeah, this did. year. So I don't know. I have no idea why. It's always something that whenever it happens, it comes up and everyone gets – it's another thing that we get mad at the NCAA for. But I'm sure there's logical reasons for it. It doesn't mean that I agree with it, but I'm sure that the NCAA has at least an argument as to why they do it. Yeah. I Yeah, I don't – it doesn't compute in my brain, Trevor, at all. Yeah, I mean it has something to do with – yeah, like Ben kind of said it, but like transferring from D2, D1, trying to discourage like teams from doing it consistently. But I still just – I, I don't like it. I don't agree with it. I mean, ultimately, like if you win the conference and I mean, you should be the representative. I don't I don't like it. I mean, it's it's not great, especially like if teams are moving up. I mean, I, yeah, I'm not a fan of it, but it is what it is, I guess. Um, other than that, uh, what else? Um, well, with that game. So I guess the only other thing I'd say about that game is you mentioned it. You know, it's I think statistically, if you look at kind of like the statistics, I think it does, you know, objectively, it is the biggest upset. I mean, also you could point to like Virginia, uh, when they were upset, they didn't have DeAndre Hunter, who was their best player. So like, I get all that. Um, I guess for me, it just didn't feel nearly as surprising, which like, you know, it's happened before, right? So it makes sense that if it's happened before, it wouldn't be as surprising the second time it happens. And also, like, to me, I was listening to uh, Tate Frazier, um, you know, with The Ringer on, on their college basketball podcast on Friday. And I think I agree with what he said about Purdue. Is like, Purdue exceeded all expectations, and they were, um, you know, a team that was built around, like, the, like they, they, they're a very smart team. They're well-coached. And that's why they succeeded so much early in the year. They su succeeded in November, December, January because they had the uh, continuity of the team. Um, but then ultimately all these teams with more talent kind of caught up. Purdue was not a preseason top 25 team. I think they were, uh, yeah, they were outside the top 25 in the preseason. So they kind of exceeded all expectations. And now they're sitting here as a one seed when really, I mean, they haven't been playing like a one seed in months, in my opinion, at all. So I don't know. It, it, it kind of is what it is, but that's that game. Um, other games in the first round that I can talk about here. Um, well, we had, let's see, we talked about that game. Kennesaw State, I think I have to mention this. Kennesaw State blew the game. I mean, they had the game won and they kind of blew it. And there was a call late where uh, the Kennesaw State guy got the rebound. It looked like there was a reach in um, when the guy kind of swiped at the ball. Um, that ended up being a turnover. You know, it's it's not the best. I don't know. I mean, sometimes they just don't call that, but still it wasn't the best. Regardless, 
Xavier sur- survives. Um, any other games that are super important? I mean, what else? Let's see. We had Northwestern beating Boise State. We had did VCU win? I forget. Did, did you guys, <laughs> I knew you guys were big VCU fans. Did no, they win? That, no, I don't they remember. did not. Oh, they win. lost. Oh man, what they, a shame. They Darn. lost yeah. the same. Very place. unfortunate. Yeah, they lost. Um, any other good games? Drake, Miami. Oh, Ben, we, we should talk about this. I think, and I think you can kind of be the, I mean, you watched this entire game pretty much. Florida Atlantic, Memphis. Florida Atlantic yes. beats Memphis 66-65, a thriller with a controversial ending. What, what did you think about that game, Ben? Yeah, it was, it was a great game. And I think the, the two teams were very evenly matched. It was one of those things like, Obviously, I don't want to say obviously, but I think it was assumed that that Memphis had more talent, and they they probably did. But I, I just think Florida Atlantic was a better team. They 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 had um a, a better game plan, and really just in terms of team basketball, they they shared the ball a lot better than than Memphis did. Um, the ending was a little controversial because you know Memphis was up one, and there was a loose ball, and the, Memphis got the loose ball, and they were asking for a timeout, but they weren't granted the timeout, and then it became a jump ball, which allowed Florida Atlantic to get the ball back with five seconds left or whatever. And ultimately score the game-winning bucket to win by one. Um, it, it was very controversial because even they, you know, they bring on the 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 official expert or whatever for CBS, um, and he was, and even he said he's like, I would have granted them a timeout. They had they had the whole bench was calling for it. They had like two or three players on the court calling for it, and for whatever reason, the refs did not want to grant them that timeout. So I, I completely understand if Memphis is very frustrated because um again ultimately memphis would have had the ball with five seconds left and they probably would have been fouled with the chance to go up three doesn't mean they would have won but i think their chances of winning were probably a lot better if they were granted that timeout so um it was a fantastic game it's a frustrating ending obviously for memphis but um i mean credit to florida atlantic they're a really good team um and they're one of those teams like i i think i i kind of believe the hype in memphis late in the season when you know they they almost beat houston and that was like the big thing it's like oh they almost beat houston they're a good team, Florida Atlantic, this mid-major. But you, again, like I and I was totally unaware of Florida Atlantic's like thirty-win season or whatever it was that you said on Tuesday, Trevor. Um, so they're a good team. I, I give them a lot of credit. I'm I'm excited to watch them play. Um, you know, tonight Sunday Sunday night against Fairleigh Dickinson because I think that's a game that I mean, really either team can win, and I think it's two pretty solid teams. Yeah, absolutely. I I think all of the eight nine matchups were pretty good. I mean, Maryland West Virginia was close. This one was very close. Arkansas, Illinois, not quite as close, but, you know, definitely interesting. Arkansas looked pretty solid, which is a good transition to uh, yesterday's games because I think the headliner is Arkansas beating Kansas 72-71. This was an incredible game. Um, Arguably, I mean, I don't know. I I think it's hard to beat the Farley-Dickinson game, but in terms of uh, the best games of the tournament, this Arkansas-Kansas game is definitely in my, I think, top three at the very least. Um, Arkansas played very well in this game. They get the win and, you know, muscle man, he's taken off his shirt afterward. And Brandon, I, yeah. I said it and I, and I'll say it again, but if you don't think you can win, then don't get on the bus and the must bus yeah. is moving on. We weren't really on the bus because we, we dropped them in we, our, we were strategically, <laughs> hold on. Cause we, we were kind of on the bus. Sort of. I, 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 Trevor, we'll say this. You were on the bus and I was off the bus. You know, we were kind of half and half, but for our for our tournament, for our league, we had to be off the bus. It was the smart decision. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. So I definitely wanted to mention that game. Uh, did did you guys want to talk about that game at all? It was it was a pretty big game, and obviously that's a second one seed. We already have two one seeds out: Purdue and Kansas. So Arkansas now. I mean, do they have a chance to like? Can they win more games? Can they make the Final Four? I mean, Brandon, what do you think about that? Uh, so we were talking about this a little bit before the podcast. If we look at the possible teams that they have to play, 
Um, it is one of these uh, five teams here. St. Mary's, UConn, TCU, Gonzaga, and UCLA. Um, and they'll only have to possibly, at most, play one of the Gonzaga-UCLA teams. And we were talking about, you know, about how they're probably the most talented team left in the West. Now, that doesn't always mean that you're going to win the game. Um, you know, we've seen that plenty of times. I don't think Purdue is less talented than Fairleigh Dickinson, uh, but they lost. Same with Kansas. Well, no, that probably that game is probably close. But besides the fact, um, I think Arkansas might be the most talented team left in the West. And I think there's a very good shot that they make a little Final Four run here, and we see Arkansas move on to the Final Four, which would be an absolutely crazy, uh, you know, roller coaster of a season for Arkansas, ranked in the top ten at the start of the season. I believe in the top ten, or right around ten, um, and at the start of the season, getting some major injuries uh, to Nick Smith and some others, uh, and now in the tournament beating Kansas and Illinois, two very talented basketball teams. Um, uh, in Illinois, they won by 10, obviously beating Kansas by one, uh, you know, towards the end there. Uh, so Arkansas has a really good shot here, Trevor, to, to make some more noise. Yeah, I think so. And in Arkansas, you know, they were, I believe a preseason top 10 team. They have all this talent. They have two players, uh, Nick Smith and Anthony Black, who both might be lottery picks in the NBA draft. And, you know, I was, when I was thinking about, like, after Arkansas won yesterday, it kind of reminded me of back in, I think the year was 2014, Kentucky. They were a number eight seed, I believe in the same region, uh, I think the West region. And they pulled a big upset um, on, so I think it was, uh, I think it was Wichita State, if I remember correctly. But they had a really talented team. Their regular season, I mean, obviously they were an eight seed, but they weren't gr- as great as maybe they were supposed to be in the regular season. But they had a big run in that 2014 uh, tournament, and they made the Final Four. They were a really good team. They had the Harrison Twins, and that, I mean, that team, they had a couple, like, big game winners um, throughout that tournament. And this Arkansas team, just in terms of the preseason expectations, I think reminds me a little bit of that 2014 Kentucky team that was an eight seed. Um, So it's going to be interesting to see um, with Arkansas going forward. Um, other games from yesterday, the Duke-Tennessee one was a big one for me. It was very surprising because I, I was very confident that Duke was going to win after the way they just dominated Oral Roberts in their first game by 23 points. I thought Duke was going to win, but it didn't happen. Tennessee had a really good game plan defensively. Uh, they made it very tough on Duke. Duke didn't shoot the ball well. They only scored 52 points. And just like that, Duke is out of the tournament, a team who... After watching the first game, I was like, ah, I think Duke might be going to the Final Four. I don't know. They look really good. But they're out. They lost to Tennessee. Um, but, yeah, that, that's kind of my biggest takeaways from uh, yesterday. Um, ben, I'll go to you. What, what are some of your biggest takeaways? I mean, that Duke game, like, it's just I, – I was so low on Tennessee. I mean, I, I in pretty much every bracket, I think I had them losing the first round to Louisiana, which they almost did. Um, and I was so high on Duke just because, again, it's one of those things – Duke was was hot at the right time, and yeah, it's the ACC, and the ACC hasn't been great. But I'm I'm such a believer in teams that are playing, you know, playing at the right or playing well at the right time heading into the tournament. So that that was a huge surprise for me because I think Tennessee was clearly the better team um, in, in that game. Uh, for the other games, I mean UCLA. I, UCLA is tough because and I've said this before. I if UCLA was fully healthy going in, into this tournament, I would have picked them to win the whole thing 100%. I, I have so much confidence in Mick Cronin as a, as a coach, um, specifically as a, as a defensive coach. I mean, his his every team he's ever coached has always been fantastic on the defensive end of the floor. 
Um, and they and they look good. I mean, they look they obviously look great in their first round game against UNC Asheville, and, and they looked good yesterday against Northwestern. I will say, Trevor, I don't know if I didn't watch. Um, I I was kind of like I was checking on that game, but I didn't watch it a whole lot. It seems like, and this is so just like speculation, but it seemed like the one dude, Trevor. I don't know if you saw this, but at the end, that the, towards the end of the game, UCLA had some dude that looked like he got very hurt, and I didn't know who that was. Do you know? Do you know what I'm talking about? Did you see that? I think it was David Singleton. I, I is, is it think, somebody important? Is what um, I'm asking. Because I, mean, I know they already have injuries. Yeah. So I guess ev- everyone's important. But. I don't think it's, I mean, it's not like when, I mean, Hawkeyes is their best player besides, yes. I mean, Jalen Clark was arguably their best yeah. player. He's hurt. Um, but Hawkeyes is their best player. I mean, I don't know. It, it's definitely a big deal for sure. It's definitely a factor to, to keep in mind. But yeah, it was uh, David Singleton, who I believe is a starter for okay. UCLA. He's a decent player again. I mean, it's going to matter, obviously. Like, it, like it's going to matter. Yeah. Um, he's a starter. He played 28 games yesterday. He's not one of their best players, but again, yeah, it's going to matter. He's one of their, uh, you know, forwards in the front court. So it's something okay. to keep an eye out for. I mean, yeah. I don't know. Watching UCLA in that Northwestern game yesterday, I, I thought they looked decent. I didn't think they looked great. I mean, I, I picked Gonzaga to beat them before the, mm-hmm. you know, in my bracket. So I, I don't feel any different, you know, after seeing um these teams play so far it's just tough you know they were looking so good and now they're you know dealing with some big injuries it's it's just you know very unfortunate it's it's tough and again i i agree with you i picked i picked ucla to lose to to gonzaga and pretty much all my brackets just because i because of those injuries um also to clarify trevor you said that dude that got hurt yesterday played 28 games yesterday i really hope you meant 28 20, minutes. 28 minutes if he played, played 28 <laughs> games yesterday i don't know how he's still walking uh, he might he might never walk <laughs> again um, I know what you meant, yes, and I think everyone else did too. But anyway, the the the, the long winded way Sounds of saying like you just want to be difficult, Ben. Long winded way of saying that I love UCLA, and if they were fully healthy, I'd love them even more. But just, I mean, they're in, in my opinion, the toughest the toughest region with with you know the aforementioned Arkansas. You guys just said that they might make the Final Four. They got that potential, um, and obviously teams like Gonzaga um, and and like a like a UConn who played out of their minds on Friday. So I I, I like UCLA, and honestly, I might be rooting for them, even though my bracket has them losing in the next game to Gonzaga, but. Uh, I think they they're fighting an uphill battle. There's multiple things going against them um, th- this year with this tournament. For sure. Um, anything else you guys want to talk about in the round of 64 before we move on to Saturday's games? We we've we've been talking we about. Or, excuse yesterday. me, we are on Saturday's games. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, let's look ahead at Sunday's games. <laughs> oh, I'm all over the place. All right, Sunday's games. We already have one live in action. Pittsburgh Xavier starting. Um, but we got some good games today, Trevor. Any games that you really want to look into and preview a little bit? Tre- there's a legacy game for Trevor today at, at 240. I'm just making that very clear. Yes, I I, I want to see Kansas State lose so bad. <laughs> I've never too. seen you so sorry, high Trevor. on a team that I think is so mid. I'm sorry, Trevor, but I'm I mean, I'm jumping off I'm dr- I'm jumping off Team Trevor for a couple hours here at 240. I don't think I'm I, I don't think I'm I don't know like I I think it's being overblown. You have them in the final four, Trevor. You're just yeah. you were so high on them, and Brendan and I are Brendan. I'm, I was serious when I They're, the first time the, the bracket came out. I thought the three was an eight. I thought I I could I thought I wasn't seeing right. I was like, there's no way that's a three. I didn't even know they there's were no this way good. They're for they had a really good season. They had a really good season. They, I, I mean, mean clearly they, they you did. Could have told me They're you could have told me they weren't in the tournament, and I would have believed you. Well, I mean, when you don't follow college basketball closely enough, I mean, that's kind of what happens. Um, I, 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 I do follow pretty closely, but, like, Kansas State, I feel like, quietly is a top 15 I team in the credit. country. I mean, they played the really Big 12, good. too. Obviously, there are three today out of the Big 12. They're obviously really good, but 
I just I want them to lose so bad, Trevor. I'm sorry. I know I do too. I I'm gonna bad, be honest, Trevor. I just think be, it's gonna be funny. It's gonna be but, so funny if they speaking lose. Speaking of Kansas State, so I guess while we're on the topic, they play Kentucky today. Um I, I think they're gonna win. I picked them to beat Kentucky in my bracket. Um, but you know, I, I just really like some of their players. Again, like Keontae Johnson's their leading scorer. Um, you know, he's obviously Is that the dude that, from Florida. I think you've said yeah, that before. He was at Florida, yeah. he had the season yes. he had the horrific injury good. and now he's back. Yeah. He's a senior. And he's having a really great season. They also have uh, a 5'8 point guard, Marquise Noel from Harlem, New York. And I got to say, Marquise Noel, in in my whatever, four or five, however many times I've watched Kansas State, Marquise Noel is one of my favorite players in the tournament. Um, He's awesome. He's a really good guard. You know, he's a typical, he's kind of a typical point guard. You know, he he sets the table. He gets others involved. He really thinks that he's a very pass first point guard. And I, and I, he's one of my favorite players. And, you know, it's part of the reason why I like Kansas State so much. But, you know, they're they're just a really good team. Um, Other games to really mention. I think the single best game today is Indiana-Miami. I'm very excited for Indiana-Miami. Um, Indiana obviously has uh, two of the, uh, I mean, two of the better players in the country in Trace Jackson Davis and Jalen Hood Shafino. Uh, the good, like, um, you know, they've been playing really well. And then you have Miami, you know, obviously they've had a really good season in the ACC coming off the win over Drake, which, you know, Ben wasn't really happy about. I wasn't necessarily happy about either. I think that's the best game of today. It's the game I'm most excited for. So that'll be really interesting. Obviously, Gonzaga TCU. I think TCU is a little bit underrated. Similar to Kansas State, um, I think TCU is a team to watch out for. Again, I picked Gonzaga. I think Gonzaga will win. But TCU for a six seed is underrated. I think they're a pretty strong six seed. So I'm also very excited for that game. Uh, but what about Ben? Ben, I know you're. I know the game you're most excited about. It's the game that's going on right now. I'm sure you you want this podcast no. to end ASAP because you want to go watch uh, Xavier, your favorite team. Actually, the funny thing is, Trevor, I'm just being honest. I would. I, I'm going to go for a run later, and I'm I'm going to do it the second we end this podcast because if I'm if I have to miss a single game, it's the game that Xavier's probably going to win. I just don't want to watch that. <laughs> um, but I, I I mean, obviously, go Pitt. And it's not even because I hate Xavier. I got to I got to support our fellow Falcon, Nelly Cummings. I mean, come on now. Yeah, we got a fun GSU Falcon in the tournament. He not just every missed day. a three-point shot, too. Not so. every day. Pretty much never do we see anybody associated with Bowling Green ever in the NCAA tournament, never in any capacity. So um, it's not even that I'm rooting against Xavier. I'm just rooting for my for my fellow my fellow schoolmate, my fellow Falcon, Nelly Cummings. Yeah, he's had a nice little career for himself. He's been in the tournament It's before, crazy. Isn't like... it crazy? And again, I, I love Bowling Green, but like, <laughs> it's crazy how much better his basketball career got once he left the program. That Bowling Green has. <laughs> that, that and again, is true. I love Bowling Green. I love I love my school. I love my basketball team. But the program is not very good at the moment. Um, and he and he absolutely found a better future, a better life for himself when he went elsewhere. So I'm very happy for him. Hey, well, aspect. Coach Simon's about to turn the program around. We got a new coach. Everything's going good over in Bowling Green. All right. Absolutely. We're, we're gonna start. I, a lot. Not that anyone listening cares, but I actually, the more I read about him, the more I actually really like him. Yeah, he looks He's really impressive. A He's a winner. That's a conversation for later, though. Trevor, any other games you want to talk about quickly before um, we kind of exit the uh, the pod for today? Um, ju- just a simple question: Will the Knights continue their run? Will Will they march on Farley Dickinson? Yes. Will they move on today? We're We're gonna find out. Yes. I hope so. FAU is a really good basketball team. They I are. really liked FAU. I'm surprised they were a nine seed at thirty two and three on the year. I know they're not in the greatest conference of all time, but. Um, I think this is a going to be a very fun game to watch. I'm really excited. I'm excited for almost all the games today. They're all pretty good. 
Uh, there's very few that I don't think are good, so it's definitely going to be an exciting one. Ben, you want the final word on this game? Who are you picking? I mean, I'd, I'd love to see Fairleigh Dickinson win because I don't, we haven't seen a 16 seed ever make the Sweet 16, but um, I mean, just based off of previous, or you know, based off of precedent, which meaning the one other time we've seen a 16 seed play in the, in the second round, UMBC did, I don't think they looked very good yeah, in that <laughs> second game. So Fairleigh Dickinson, their third game in less than a week. I don't know if that's a huge factor, but I think it's some sort of a factor. Um, and they, obviously yep. they had a fantastic game plan against Purdue. I think clearly they have a great coaching staff. I, I would imagine that they're going to have a good game plan for Florida, Florida Atlantic. But um, I think there's a part of me that, that can see them losing by a, a decent amount just because I think it's very hard to come off of the high of beating, you know, number one Purdue, the only second team to ever do it. And I think it, it, it'll be not, not saying that they won't be locked in, but I think it's going to be very hard for them to to kind of get refocused and, and back into that, that mindset of, of playing another game um, that yeah. you absolutely have to win. 100%. All right, well, Trevor, anything you want, else you want to talk about before we wrap up the pod for today? No, I think that's about it. Just excited for a, a full day of games, and then, you know, this week we're going to have the Sweet 16 and the Elite Eight. So this is, you know, one of the best times of the year. Of course. Well, I think we'll wrap it up there for today. Um, thank you all so much for listening to today's episode. Of course, subscribe to the podcast. Leave five-star review if you enjoyed it. Um, go check out our website, thesmallballers.com. You can check out all of our podcasts there, all the content we have. Um, of course, what else? Go. Uh, yeah, stay tuned for our episode next week, next Sunday. We'll be back talking about college basketball. Um, go follow us on Twitter, at the small baller. Um, but with that being said, thank you all so much for listening, and we'll see you guys next time. Go Falcons.